podcast, where we are becoming better DJs through passion and purpose. And now your host, David Michael. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm David Michael, your host, and I'm sitting with Mr. Turlington. How you doing, Mr. Turlington? I'm all right. Good, good. Been one of those weeks, but uh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's over now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the moment. Right, right. Yeah, we typically record on Friday nights. So, yeah. Uh, so it's always a good time, you know, to do something you love after, you know, a, a, yeah. a, after a rough week. Wind things down. Or Absolutely. get a nice start to the weekend, depending on how you think about it. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so today I wanted to kind of, you know, peer through the looking glass and look back 10 years. So this episode is called 10 Years Ago, and this is just kind of a random concept that I came up with that maybe we'll do again, um, you know, next year. We could look back 10 years, and so this sure. year, this time we're going to take a look at 2007 and just kind of take a look at where the music industry was, where DJing was, mm-hmm. and the industry and the technology of DJing, what was happening back in 2007, uh, which is an interesting time period for me in particular because 10 years ago was about when I was really getting into this as a DJ. Oh, okay. So uh, that was just the number I picked because it kind (laughs) of sat well with me. But, (laughs) um, you know, I think it'll be fun to do maybe a 15 years ago or something like that. Or even, uh, you know, like I said, just wait till next year and or maybe do one of these every year for 10 years ago could be another cool way to do it. I love it. so I just wanted to look at, uh, you know, what were the, the charts like, you know, the music mm-hmm. charts and mm-hmm. those kind of things, because uh, I think this kind of thing kind of, it, it, it sneaks up on you, maybe is the right word, like where <laughs> you're like, holy shit, that was 10 years <laughs> ago. <laughs> Whoa, that seems like yesterday. Yep, you know? yep. So before we dive uh, right into that, I do want to mention, uh, once again, our standard reminder that uh, SoundCloud is no longer our official podcast host. We are still publishing our episodes there, but if that is the only place that you follow us, please make sure to uh, use your smartphone or uh, you know, whatever your device is and follow us on your podcast app or through Stitcher or some other method so that you get the most recent episodes every Monday. Yeah. Um, we also have merch available. So uh, speaking of that, we are uh, for October only. Until the end of this month, we are uh, going to be selling our classic, remember the classic Passionate DJ logo? Oh, yeah. yeah. Before the redesign? Yep. So some people still really like that logo, especially people have been around for a long time. And so I thought it would be cool to offer like a midnight edition of this shirt. So it's like the, black on black? Yeah. So it's like, it, it's almost black on black. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's barely readable. You know, you can see it so that you can yeah. still you know, rep the family or whatever, but it's a little more subtle. It's really cool looking. It's just kind of a darker, you know, thing that uh, I thought would be fun to do for Halloween. So until the end of October, you can get this at passionatedj.com if you want to you know, rep your OG status and show the classic logo. Nice. I'll take two and two XL. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So 10 years ago, um, I thought a good place to start would be the DJ Magpole. <laughs> <laughs> the ever controversial the DJ Magpul. ever controversial uh, it was full of uh, heavy hitters and trance and uh, it was the year that there was a lot of controversy around the voting mm. um, 
I mean, there's always controversy yeah. around the poll, but right. there was controversy around the voting system and it being gamed and people mm. like spiking the numbers and all this kind of stuff. It was like kind of a big deal back then. Okay. Uh, so the, uh, do you have any kind of guess for like a top three for 2007? Tiesto. Mm, somebody with Van in their name. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> Go uh, on. Uh, maybe Dead Mouse was he? Was he like up there at that point? Nope, he was. Uh, nope, Dead Mouse is actually not on the list for 2007. Oh, okay. That would have been right then, though. So right. I think like uh, like Faxing Berlin and those like first couple of songs came out right about then. So right, it must right. have been like that was probably 2008 fodder, I would guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But man, you just about nailed it. Uh, Armin Van Buren was yep, number one. Yep, yep. Tiesto was number two. Okay. Number three, John Digweed. Really? Surprisingly, yeah. Wow. Uh, number four was Paul Van Dyke. Number five was Sasha. Number six was Above and Beyond. Carl Cox comes in at number seven. Ferry Corsten. Just trance, 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 trance. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a good year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Infected Mushroom was number nine. Okay. So a little side transaction in there. Right. David Guetta was at number 10, so okay. he was doing his thing by then. Right. Deep Dish at 11. Oh, man, I miss Deep Dish. Yeah, well, oh. I was just talking about Deep Dish last night. Man, man the, I haven't busted them out in forever. Um, Oakenfold at number 12. Okay. Marcus Schultz, the number 13. Oh, I love that guy, too. Yeah. Matter of fact, Cold my, Harbor. Uh, my first, uh, the first mix CD that I put out that that gained a bunch of traction and like was like really the, the foundation to my popularity, like was, I actually named it after one of his tracks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, You Won't See Me Cry. <laughs> and that was... I mean that that mix. I still to this day get people asking for uh, uh, links to download that. It was uh, it, it was it was a great song. It was a great track, and I just happened to pick up this one particular remix that everybody just fell in love with, and it mixed perfectly with. Um, Tiesto's In Search of Sunrise remix of <laughs> uh, Silence with oh, right. uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was just, that was a good year <laughs> for records. I kind of remember, like, what I remember most about Marcus Schultz from my, more my trance heyday was, mm -hmm. like, when I was getting into it, he was kind of getting into, the, like, the tech trance sound mm, of, right. like, the early to mid 2000s and i don't yeah. know what he did after that because I, I haven't really followed as anything much more recent than that yeah but. no uh it was sometime in the last five years or so maybe maybe more than that but i remember seeing him show up on a flyer uh, you know coming somewhere around here mm. but I, I didn't i didn't go yeah he he recently had a um he was involved in the um the flooding for mm. the hurricane, and I think that's what it was, and got his oh, mixer. That's right. He was the one who had his uh, his uh, his studio was raided. His, his right? studio was raided, and uh, amongst other things, they stole his uh, one of his mixer that he won as part of like a 2014. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. The gold mixer or whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah Prize winning mixer, which is kind of like okay, like getting something lifted really sucks, but it's that's like. That's an award. That's like right. something I earned. You know? Yeah. Not only that, but How like, shitty is that? Well, not only that, but then like whoever stole it, like, what are you going to do with it? Right. Like, like that's not something you on put eBay. on. Yeah. You don't put that on eBay. Like <laughs> <laughs> Craigslist or whatever. Um, number 14, Hernan Catano. 
15 was Sander Van Dorn. Oh, yeah. 16 was Eddie Hallowell. I haven't heard his name in a while. Uh, James Zabila came in at 17. Asterix at 18. I'm doing a top 20, by the way. Did I sure. say that? No, <laughs> I'm not going to read the whole like top 100. <laughs> yeah, no, top 20 is good. Um, Houghton, Richie Houghton oh, came in at 19. Of course. And then uh, Marco V at 20. Wow. So uh, I also put the uh, the top 20 for this year just as comparison. Mm. So number one for 2007 was Armin Van Buren. This year was Martin Garrix. A little okay. different. Yep. Uh, Dimitri Vegas and Like Mike at number two. Hardwell at number three. Armin Van Buren still up there, number four. Armin Van Buren's always on the the DJ Mag top ten. Yep. Like I don't I don't think he's left that for since I've even known what it was. Yeah. Unless I yeah. missed a year in there. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is like, I mean, I've I I'm sure I've got some of his records in, in my collection somewhere, but like I I don't think I've ever seen him. I, I like and it's not one of those DJs that's ever been on one of my bucket list, like you know, yeah. nothing like that. But yeah, I, mean, I saw him in Columbus. Uh, I mean, consistently, yeah, 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 just consistently, always, always up there. It must be a a, a a crowd favorite, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, I saw him in Columbus a couple years ago. Well, I say a couple, Jesus, ten. It's probably ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, now that I think about it, yeah, it's, it was at uh, Sugar Bar, which okay. was a pretty nice place. But uh, yeah, it was fun. I had a good time. Uh, I'll just go ahead and uh, blow through the rest of these here. Uh, starting at number five, Tiesta, David Guetta, Steve Aoki, Oliver Heldens, Skrillex, Afrojack at number 10, Avicii, Cashmere, W&W. No, no I'm not clue. sure what that is. Yep. Uh, Calvin Harris at 14, Don Diablo, Axwell and Engrosso, Dash Berlin, Chainsmokers, Umit Ozcan, and Alesso at number 20. So about half of who you would expect and half people I've never heard of. Yeah, that's about the same for me, yeah. <laughs> um, now, that's just, you know, DJ Magpole, like... Sure. Largely criticized as being mostly like a popularity contest rather than, a, say, skill-based or right. <laughs> any other metric there. Right. Um, a lot of the time the people that show up on the DJ mag poll are not even DJs at all. They're like producers who came out with some hit and then they spike them up or whatever. Yep. Um, interesting thing about that. I used to, I don't know if I should say the website or not, but I used to frequent a web forum, uh, back before the, the Facebook days <laughs> that was for trance music. Yeah. And we, <laughs> there was this one guy on there who went by DJ Mikey Mike and he was just a, a regular on the boards, but he was uh, kind of a snarky prick type guy, right? But everybody kind of liked because he was hilarious, you know? Right, right. And so you could always count on him for, to, to just totally destroy somebody, right? Well, we managed to, uh, the entire site, when the poll came out for this particular year, I was 05 or something, managed to get DJ Mikey Mike on like, the top it wasn't the top 100 but it was like 113 or something so he showed up on lists you know nice. it's just dj mikey mike nobody'd ever heard of him he's just some guy on a forum some screen name you know that's hilarious just to prove a point you right know? right um i have a let me see here real quick just an excerpt from an article from resident advisor uh that came out in 2007 it had some interesting uh, bullet points said, partying like it's 1999, Trance and Progressive House were again big winners in DJ Mag's controversial reader's poll. 
For a sixth year running, the top spot went to a trance jock, this time 30-year-old Dutchman Armin Van Buren, who took the number one spot from last year's winner, Paul Van Dyke. The undeniably huge Tiesto, who has 307, 887 friends on MySpace. <laughs> on MySpace? <laughs> Thank <Jiminy> Christmas. <laughs> Nabbed second place. Well, well, progressive house stalwarts John Digweed and Sasha rounded out the top five. It's a really big honor. I'm kind of stunned, you know, Van Buren told DJ Mag. It's basically a dream come true. Hard Techno also made a traditionally big showing with Umek, Carl Cox, Valentino Can- Canziani, Marco Bailey, all making the list, while DJ Mag's strong UK focus snagged places for local names such as Pete Tong, Judge Jules, and Lisa Lashes. Psychedelic trance proved popular with infected mushroom, yada, yada. Um, Oh, yeah, here. Curiously, plenty of votes came in for acts not really known for their DJing, including the Chemical Brothers, Daft Punk, Trent Muller, BT, and Book of Shade. Mm. This year's poll was steeped in controversy, with a number of DJs, including Christopher Lawrence and DJ Dan, being disqualified amid accusations of vote rigging. He has since been cleared of any wrongdoing. This year, DJ Mag collated the 345,000 cast votes in-house for the first time and also instituted new rules to cut down on multiple voting, a persistent problem with internet polls. Uh, yeah, this year I made a decision to investigate votes where the same IP address appeared over 50 times for the same person. <laughs> so, <laughs> apparently whatever we did wasn't fixed by the 2007. Right, right. <laughs> I think we did that in 2005. wow. wow. So, yeah. 50 times from the same IP address. Huh? <laughs> wow. Um, so, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, another thing that happened in 2007, the iPhone was introduced. <sighs> so, uh, they, it included visual voicemail, multi-touch gestures, HTML email, Safari web browser, threaded text messaging, and YouTube. However, many features like MMS, apps, and copy and paste were not supported at release, leading hackers jailbreaking their phones to add these features. Time Magazine named it Invention of the Year. Mm. So, you know, nowadays there's a smartphone in every pocket. Uh, yeah. Apple Apple reinvents the phone was the, uh, the tagline. Sure. And... It's interesting because in that time, I mean, in much quicker time than that, we went from the concept of smartphone to like being able to DJ on a smartphone, you know, with something like Tractor DJ or algorithm software or something like that. Yeah. It's just kind of, kind of fascinating. You know, that was before even iPad and and tablets came out and and made that even a little more accessible. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm like I'm waiting for like the the Apple Watch version of Tractor or something <laughs> right. to come out. <laughs> you know, and you know uh, it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Something's going to yeah. Some <laughs> somebody's going to do something along those lines. Because I mean, you know, maybe this is just me showing my age, but like I still like the feeling like of 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 jog wheels and a, a bigger screen. Like I like you know high resolution but i have mm. to have a bigger screen for that you know so like when i when i get laptops i like you know 15 or 17 inch screens yeah. and uh you know i'm not real big on tablets you know so for me to like think about like kind of you know pinching my hands together into this small <laughs> little area you know like yeah. a phone or or yeah like the the apple watch you know just it, trying to do something you know, as, as complicated as what we would consider DJing, but you know, a lot of those apps kind of, 
not dumb it down, but, you know, because of the limitations, you know, of what you can actually yeah. do, you know, the, uh, you know, it, it's limited in functionality than your full size controllers and so your laptops and stuff. You're, you're but. a developer, software developer, right? Yeah. yeah you yeah. could, so you could get an uh, Apple watch and then tie it in with Serato and just make it like a one button, um, a modular controller and have it control your flanger. So you just have like <laughs> wrist flanger. You can make like a chaos pad. Like if you move your finger around it, yeah. it changes it. Right. Hey, X, Y a, controller. Hey, patent that man. <laughs> patent it. Let's do it. So you know, somebody's going to hear this and be like, that's, that's a great idea. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> All right. Um, I thought it'd be fun to look at the Beatport charts from 10 years ago. So I have the, it's actually the top nine. So it's because I, what I did was I, I Googled it and found a, a playlist on, or not a playlist, but a um, a chart, a chart yeah, on yeah. Beatport. But one of the tracks must have gone missing over the last ten years or something. So <laughs> I have, I don't know which one it is, but I've got a top nine. Nice. So the cool thing about this is like this is this is almost <laughs> maybe a slightly embarrassing like look into my DJ past because this is when I was getting into it and okay. this is what the Beatport charts were. So I played almost all these tracks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to have some tracks to mix. So I, I would just pick songs that I liked out of the top 100 right? and just to get something going because right. I didn't have a collection yet. Right, right. Um, of the songs I didn't uh, get elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I, going through this was like a time travel for me. I was like, oh, shit, I remember yeah. this. Oh, I, I have this on a recorded mix somewhere. Nice. Um, this was, you know, 2007 was when the the Electro House thing was mm. really picking up steam. So Yeah, it was. Um, speaking of Dead Mouse, he is on the list here at uh, number one. Oh, I, I bet you I already know. Well, it's a... It's a re- he remixed a track. Oh, so. then I definitely know which one it is. Yeah, it's a uh, Buru Funk. Yep. Uh, or uh, yeah, Community Funk. Yep. It yep. was the uh, nailed me. it. That was <laughs> that track was so huge. And and you know for for Dead Mouse like like yeah, Electro House was like already like picking up at that point. But like I wouldn't go as far as to call that track Electro House. Like it was we would probably call it Tech House today. Yeah, but like just you know there was something in Dead Mouse's like oh it's the sound design, I think. Yeah, like there there was something within the sound design and the arrangement and and just everything just there was something that he had at that point that was just unlike what everybody else was doing because yeah you could mix that track in with a tech house you know or or an electro house or whatever and it worked but it didn't sound like anything else that you were mixing it with like yeah when you played that song you knew yeah <laughs> you know what it was as it was coming in yeah at the at the time everybody was kind of trying to i think emulate that buzzy yeah farty bass line yep, that yep, was yep. the benny benassi right sound yep, at yep, the time you yep. know from satisfaction and all that mm-hmm. and but when dead mouse came out and did a couple tracks like that he took that sound that was that was kind of tinny mm-hmm. and made it like it just had some beef to it yeah you know what i mean like oh, in the, yeah. the low end and it, it it's punchy i guess yeah is maybe is the, oh is yeah, the word. yeah like yeah, you feel a little yeah. little more in your gut in but it still gut, has that absolutely. buzz absolutely yeah. um 
So we'll come back to that one since it's number one. Um, but I'm sure you'll probably recognize the uh, number nine track. Do you remember an artist uh, called Micah Moore? Uh, sounds familiar for sure, yeah. So here, I'll just go ahead and play it. This is uh, the Class Club remix of Space. If there's, you, that, there's that old school yep. electro house, man. I love it. If you went to Pearl and Dayton during this period of time, you definitely heard the song because Terry used to play this all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some version of this. Anyway. Yeah. Man, that quintessential like whoop. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of resonance and some filter sweeping. Yep, yep. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of automation there. <laughs> whoop. so weird because all this all the music we're going to hear right here is like bringing me right back to like when i first met my wife and <laughs> nice. like yeah i can i love this sample i love that i love that track like but i every time i hear this i always hear like a drum and bass version <laughs> right <laughs> there were a bunch of remixes oh yeah there this is like one of those highly overused yeah. samples out there for sure Hands up. (laughs) Get it. Uh, Number eight is another Dead Mouse remix. You probably remember this one, too. It actually even has a similar name. (laughs) Okay. uh, This is, uh, the artist is New Breed, and the song is New Funk, so N-U-Funk. Okay. The Dead Mouse remix. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've got that one, too. It was on Shiznit Records. <laughs> nice. nice. I actually have this on a recorded mix somewhere. Yeah. I can't remember which one it is. say the original of this was like a breaks track or something really i think yeah i mean it, no, it's been like 10 years <laughs> i mean this is this is so his like groove too like i mean yeah. you know there, he's done some stuff that is like you know broken off of you know the the beaten path and i mean he's got yeah. a pretty wide and varied you know body of work but especially during this time frame like there was just this there, there was a quintessential dead mouse sound. And yeah. Like, I mean, he knew it, he nailed it. And I mean, that was there, and interestingly, there, there was like two or three iconic dead mouse sounds, like right around the right. same, like distinct, but, yes. but, you but knew, definitely him. Yeah. And I think a lot of it was with not just sound design, wasn't just arrangement and, and all of that, but like just his ability to, to, 
play in the layers. You know mm. what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, just he he was able to take all of those like high quality samples and 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 sound design and all of that stuff and put it all together. But then, like, when you listen to this stuff, especially in in headphones, and you hear like where everything is following or is falling in the right. stereo field and just the way he intricately like placed all of that stuff it, it was just you know from from somebody who writes music and does sound design and stuff like that like it was just you know like it, it was like you know i i, I hate riding his jock because he's yeah. like like the biggest asshole ever right <laughs> but like, <laughs> but really i mean it, you know it, 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 it was. It was just very much like a um, a painter admiring a painting of, of some sort. Like it just. Yeah, you you can say whatever you want about his his attitude, his approach to music, his thoughts on DJing, his right. uh, music in general, and whatever. And people do. But, <laughs> people do have do. those opinions. <laughs> but you cannot deny his sound design and mixing mix down right. chops. I right. mean, he, he as far as getting every sound that he makes with intent to sit not even sit in the mix to have equal impact like right. it's usually there's one really strong element like a kick drum or a bass line or mm -hmm. something that stands out and everything else supports it and like in a lot of his tracks especially like these kind of more electric tech house type songs yeah everything is just has it's like punch 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 you know? <laughs> right. yeah it, it just everything competing for your attention but all of it still you know being a very cohesive song like it, yeah. it, it's still one entity it's still one one piece of work that and without losing the dynamics too it, absolutely yeah. yeah 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 uh number seven this is toto by brazen <laughs> like as soon as you said toto i was like, like, like it can't be like no <laughs> no but yeah you know, this is something that I think electronic music in general has gotten away from. You know, this is, you know, EDM especially gets a bad rap for being, you know, cheese dick, whatever. Or, yeah. And it, and it just is, there's a certain level of electronic music that, you know, it's supposed to be fun. You're right. supposed to not take it so seriously all the goddamn time, right? Right, right. But, um... You know, and 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 there were a lot of producers, especially electro house producers, that really embraced that. You know, mm. '80s remixes, right? You know, out the wazoo in the electro house, um, and how, and even you know, some of the more like you know, not electro house, but still in that house realm, but not like Chicago house, you know, right, that right. sort of thing. But um, yeah, and and. I feel like that's something that we've kind of gotten away from is the fun aspect of that, mm. you know, where I can remember, you know, going to, you know, Detroit or to, you know, other, you know, places. And, and it was when you heard something like this, it made you feel good. <laughs> you know, everybody was like, you know, would, would dance to this kind of stuff. And then for some reason, I don't know if, you know, just electro house got shamed out of the, out of the game or if these types of, you know, things where it's meant to be fun, just kind of got swept under the rug and, Oh, by the way, here's dubstep and all that stuff has to go away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know what happened, but, um, yeah, this was, a, this is a super fun remix. I like that. This remix strikes me as very Eric Prids. Yeah. Yeah. Has yeah that yeah. kind of sound to it. Oh look! Uh, speaking of which, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even say that on purpose. Uh, Prida, 
<coughs> is it Prida or Prida? How do you know? Um, P-R-Y-D-A. Yeah, we're American, so we, yeah. <laughs> we enunciate <laughs> everything incorrectly. So. <laughs> um, so this track was uh, armed by Eric Prids or Prida or Prida or however you say it. Yeah. And I distinctly remember, I remember getting this track and then there was a, a B-side that was named something very similar. Mm. It was like armed and then armed backwards or something. I don't, mm. I don't remember. R-M-N-D or something. Okay. But, um, yeah, pretty similar sound. Those hands in the air strings come. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little bubble. Bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> and that's another thing that we've gotten away from. And I get it. Like, I mean, times change and you change with the times. So I'm not, I'm not that, get off my lawn. You know, I mean, a, a lot of people do. And, and that, you know, dubstep was the reason that a lot of people left the scene, but it was also the reason a lot of people came in. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, but, you know, it, it, I think it's important to note that, like, you know, with that, you know, influx, you know, you gotta, we all got away from, like these humongous long breakdowns mm. and and buildups and stuff like that. Like, and I don't know, I don't know why. You know, it, it drop culture took over or whatever it was. But yeah, like right there, there was you know a buildup. There was some risers. There was all of that, but it wasn't like you know, ah, tear your fucking face off, and right. then you know, then everybody jumping to the you know, I, I can totally envision. You know, a room of 2,000, 5,000 people, you know, some kind of a festival or one of those humongous, like, European clubs or something. And, you know, lights flashing and people just kind of grooving to this, you know, like. So I kind of have a theory about that. And I I tend to think, and maybe this is just me imposing my own, uh, you know, experience on this because I always tend to go back to trance. But I, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like, like around 99, 2000, 2001 the the bit like dutch trance and like the the big epic the big stuff epic stuff yeah yeah like that stuff got so over the top oh yeah you don't have to tell me to i the played the hell out of it yeah <laughs> when it came to the, like, <laughs> like rank one airwave was a big mm-hmm. uh, offender and it, it i think the breakdown in that song was like two minutes long oh yeah and by breakdown i mean it, there was no hi-hat there was no there was no percussion it's right. just the synth line filtering up slowly over the course of two minutes and it's like if this is dance floor music, <laughs> right, right, everyone's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> but then when we got to uh, say dubstep blowing up, yeah, that infused a whole new generation of kids into the music yeah. who had never experienced that because the whole point of those big trance builds was was the drop is the same idea as when right. it comes back and oh my god my face is melting, right? <laughs> right. but then right, it got right. so over, overboard and ridiculous and you know people like Armin Van Buren and other <laughs> top trance DJs were playing all those kind of songs in a row. So mm-hmm. half the set was was nothing. Yep. There was no rhythm. Right. So it's hard to dance to pretty strings. It was yeah, in the club, it, it, and know? that was one of the reasons that I got away from playing trance. Like you know, mm-hmm. for one the popularity was waning anyway. Um so it just out of and it, and it did. It started to get boring as a trance DJ. You know, at that time, you know, you get booked, 
your you know your set is an hour and what is that <laughs> you know maybe eight records yeah. you know 10 if you're lucky like you know and and, and that's only, only beats half of the time <laughs> right and that's if you're doing two to three minute mixes like right, right. you know not all of not all of your mixes can be you know that long you know some some of them have too many harmonic elements that just wouldn't mix together mix well together so yeah it was just it, it was just a, a a time where like you said you know a lot of it just got too formulaic it got too uh, they started going way over the top with all of these breakdowns that would just last forever. And, uh, and, and then even when it came back, then it was kind of lackluster or maybe I just got bored. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that, that was one of the things that actually got me to like start, you know, yeah. researching and, and start playing other stuff. So, yeah. All right. This next track, uh, I definitely played quite a bit. I just listened to this track quite a bit, not even just playing it. Like, I just thought it was a really fun remix yeah. at the time. And this is the General Electric remix of Get Up featuring Technotronic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so it's uh, by Global DJs. Oh, so they're skipping past the vocals. <laughs> So this is, get up, get up, get busy, do it, gonna move your body. I was gonna say, like, the Technotronic? Yeah, the. <laughs> oh. That was I didn't realize they were gonna skip the main vocal. But... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's fun, right? Oh, yeah. And, and and I, I had to second guess when you said Technotronic because like you know well I saw you you kind of looked at me like that can't be <laughs> like, right really <laughs> well because you know electronic music uh, electronic musicians and DJs have a and even ravers in general have a bad habit of like taking things that are already popular changing the the, the spelling a little bit and then all of a sudden <laughs> you think you're talking about Technotronic and no you're not but yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome I love this. There was two different remixes of this that I played back in the day, and uh, they actually have like not all the vocals, but they'll they'll drop in little bits, like something like uh, "Get it on, get a move on, kid, rock," you know, just little oh, okay. little bits like that. Yeah, kind of fun. Oh, that's nice. Uh, chord progression there. There it is. We'll run out of track here, but it kind of drops back into yeah. the the main beat. But this is this is one of those songs that kind of does those breakdowns right because like, you mm -hmm. hear it now. Yeah, there's still a snare roll in there, and there's still some percussion and things yep. happening, so you don't lose the dancers. That's right. <laughs> yeah, gives the light guy something to play with. Like <laughs> <laughs> that was always my favorite was when lighting guys like who got it and and would take over the controls you know and, yeah. and then all of a sudden like when the snare when those snare rolls are going and they're hitting strobes like they're finger drumming yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like just all of a sudden it's like <laughs> okay uh this next one is a mouthful to say so i'll try to get through it okay every every one of these names is hard to say all right it's <laughs> it's gale in the l is the the uh, title of the track? The artist is 
Olivier Giacomoto. Oh, Giacomoto. Oh. I'm probably totally butchering that. Yeah. Um, it's well known. I've heard about him for years. I've just never had to say it out loud. Um, <laughs> Fair it's, this is the remix by Damon G and John Aquaviva. Oh, so see, I break it into three parts. It's not so hard to say. <laughs> I'm not rattling that whole thing. <laughs> right. <off>. So this <laughs> is Gale in the O number four. That's nice. That's like a. That's more of like a. A techno. More techno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice delay uh, creating that layer there. No, just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, just kidding. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of long breakdowns. Right, right. Uh. No. Nope. Uh. <laughs> now that your dance floor is thoroughly confused. Right. Totally trolling <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and yeah, now there you can have it. <laughs> one thing I did like about but, <clears throat> one thing I did like about the this kind of techie electro house that was coming out back then is just the way that that happened where there was a big buildup but then when the when the drop or the when the beat kicked back on it it comes back to just the beat and it's very minimalistic like right. the the synths and the strings and all that stuff stops right and it's just it comes back to the kick and everything and I, I always found that very impactful with this kind of electro-y stuff yeah and that was one of the characteristics that the that big room sound inherited you know in in recent years you know like you know all the steve aoki and you know all that all of that big stuff you know you get all of these like really big 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 build-ups and then all of a sudden just you know kicking you in the chest we, we only have room for the kick baseline <laughs> right <laughs> everything else has to go now <laughs> exactly exactly and then you get eight bars of that, and, or, you know, and then all of a sudden, okay, we'll bring something else in. But <laughs> those first eight bars after the drop, you're just getting yep. kicked in the gut. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, tell me if you remember this one. This is number three on the list. Adam K. and Soha, Twilight. I know Adam K., but... This was that kind of eighth note uh-huh. sound that Dead Mouse popularized. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember this, but this this sounds nice. One of those big synthy tracks. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I had done stop playing stuff like uh, most of this uh, type yeah. of stuff. Uh, Dead Mouse, I was all over his stuff, but. Yeah, Dead Mouse came out with a lot of songs that sounded very yeah. similar to yeah. this as yeah. well. That was kind of one of the other sounds, sounds that he had. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but this one did really well. Oh, man. 
This sounds like something that would have went really well on one of our boat parties. Oh yeah, yeah. The, uh, this would I be think, cool here out on the river. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we've we've talked about that uh, that series before. But um, my partner and I, uh, uh, Jason uh, Naughty Groove, uh, both of us used to play all kinds of trance. And then over the years, you know, we both kind of you know went our different directions. But like whenever we play together, it's always like you know techno meets house meets this meets that but it always ends up at progressive house and trance at the end and yeah so like you know when you're out on a bi-level party boat with three or four hundred of your closest friends right (laughs) you know a track like that would go over really well yeah it's awesome Alright, so this next track, this one got a lot of shit. I'm actually surprised it's at number two. It was, uh, at least on the, the forums and stuff that I used to follow back in the day. Sure. This is uh, Semim, I think it is? Heater. Semim's Heater. This was on Get Physical Records, and this is number two. I don't think I remember this one. I don't remember it being popular amongst people I knew. Yeah, it's really <laughs> weird. <laughs> Sometimes I wish this is this was a video blog or something like because if everybody could have seen my face the way you looked at me and I was like, I know what face I just made. Like that was uh yeah. It's a interesting track. Yeah. yeah. It's like a kind of a generic tech house beat and like a lot of weird yeah. vocal screams and squelches and was like that an accordion, accordion that yeah. I heard like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't really know I don't know why this was number two yeah no ki- no clue but good on them yeah Big breakdown. I don't know. It doesn't ever really do much more than this, I don't think. Yeah. Huh. See, I would, like, I might, like, a track like that, I might, like, pull out, you know, a particular chunk of it, loop it, and then use it for a layer or something yeah. like that. Like, it's right. not anything that I would have played, played, and... It's just bizarre. Like, bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm trying know. to envision the 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 set that that would go in, <laughs> 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 or the or the gig that you would play that out. Like, just, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and then for the top spot in ah. 2007 that we brought up at the beginning here, this is Bureau Funk and Carbon Community, Community Funk, the Dead Mouse Remix. 
There's that bass line. So good. So good. <laughs> I bet I can find the mix that I have with this on it. Yeah. I could probably find a couple. I played this on a lot. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I know I played this out a bunch, so I'm sure like it's on some CD that... Yeah. It, this I, is so far removed from what I play now that right. it's, it's almost weird to hear it now. Right. I'm like, wow, I used to play this. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Shout out to Buru Funk, by the way. I think that Buru Funk has listened to the show before because we've gotten some activity on, I think, SoundCloud, was yep. it? Yep, yep. wasn't too long after this actually it was probably already happening then but even this kind of electro house sound just like happens to every dance music genre it just got it, it was like the the one-up game like okay right. i need to take this and make it a little crazier or i need to right. make this a little fatter or a little louder or buzzier or whatever and yep. it just it just got like well, I guess it turned into EDM, <laughs> modern EDM. <laughs> it, 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 exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just been, it, it's one of those things that, like, it's so interesting to have seen how, you know, music it, it, out of that list and to look at it today, like, it just, it, it, it's been so far, it, there, it's been so, not so far removed. I, oh, I mean, I guess it is, but, you know, the progression especially when you take into account, you know, the effect that EDM and dubstep had over those, you know, all of those years, like it, it's, it is, you can still see some of that type of sound design and how yeah. it's all still being, you know, implemented, but just in a, in its own way. But yeah, uh, uh, for me, electro house, like, like you said, that was, that was a good year for electro house. That's, that's when all of that stuff was really taking off and, and I loved it, and I played the shit out of out of Electro House around that time too. I loved it, yeah. Um, but it, it just it did it got too it got to be too much. It got too crazy. It got it got too turnt. Right. I guess is yeah. The, it seems like, like every every genre get it gets to a point where it, it feels like it becomes a parody of itself. Right. Right. You know, right. and then it's just like, oh, yeah. And I think that's what people get afraid of when they when they find something and they consider it kind of underground or personal or whatever, and then it gets popular and they stop liking it. Right. Like, you know, I've always said good music is good music regardless of mm -hmm. whether it's popular or underground or whatever. But right. I think that's, that's where that fear comes from. It's like, okay, but this, this style is going to die. It's going to get beaten mercilessly mm -hmm. by these people who are trying to one up each other or do yep. the next big crazy thing instead of, you know, keeping it, it in the circle it, or whatever exactly exactly <laughs> and, it, and it does that, that does happen for sure um so yeah that was the top 10 or top nine i guess <laughs> beatport 2007 hell yeah uh another thing that came out in 2007 was daft punk's alive oh uh yeah the album won a grammy award for best electronic dance album in 2009 so it was released in 07 but won a grammy in 09 hmm. Uh, they used Ableton Live software on custom-made computers for the show, so it was like a uh, a live show 
that they put on called Alive 2007, okay. and then they recorded an album around the, the concept, basically. Oh, cool. Um, Daft Punk accessed the hardware remotely with Behringer BCR2000 MIDI controllers, and uh, do you remember the Lemur touchscreen? Did you ever see one of those? Which one? The Lemur touchscreen. It was like before iPads and stuff were real big, and they had it was uh, it was called a Lemur, and it was a touchscreen MIDI controller kind huh. of thing back in the day. No, it was like an early no, yeah, thing. So they used those uh, Minimo Voyager RME unit RME okay. units were mm-hmm. also implemented for the live performances and. Recording of a live 2007 was derived from Daft Punk's live performance at their Bercy show on 14th of June. Reviews of the set noted how Daft Punk manipulated and reworked their established material. The performances heavily featured tracks from Daft Punk's album Human After All, prompting critics to reconsider what they felt about the album. Hmm. Uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five were inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in March of 2007. Awesome. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Vestax. They released the basically the first quote-unquote serious all-in-one dj controller the vci 100 in 2007 i was not aware of that until years until some years later um but looking back on it like yeah that was really some like game-changing hardware right there like because at the time i was still doing or I had really recently, only recently, within the last couple of years, gotten into actually using Serato yeah. with, you know, time code vinyl on, on turntables. And I thought I was, you know, <laughs> cutting edge or whatever. So, yeah, I think this was know. the first time a lot of us saw jog wheels on something other than CDJs. CDJs, right, 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 yeah. right, right. And it, it was kind of the uh, the enabler of the the digital DJ revolution. I think. I yeah. mean, the software was already there, and there were some controllers, and people were using like uh, MIDI keyboards and right, stuff like right. that to do DJing. But this came out, and it had jog wheels on it in a mixer section, and it was laid out like decks, and it was like, right. ah, okay, yeah. And then uh, yeah, DJ Tech Tools picked it up, and then um, their uh, CEO or whatever, there could the founder uh, Ian Golden released a he did some tweaks to it and i think worked with vestax and then they released like an ian golden version and that's when controllerism really started becoming a a big thing and starting to hack tractor and controllers and do Mm, do all that so yeah that was uh before the control s4 before the uh ddjsz before all this fancy stuff we've got (laughs) now there was the vci 100 and they had a long run i know i know people still using that thing no way. Yeah, those things are tough, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pioneer launched the DJM700 mixer and the CDJ400. Do you remember the 400? I do not. They were pretty cool. Really? They didn't really do, they didn't have a good run. They didn't sell well, I don't think. And they okay. weren't on sale for very long. But they were the first ones, I believe, that supported uh, playback of, like on DJ software. HID mode. Really? Yeah. So b- even before like the 2000s came out and uh-huh. all that kind of stuff, yeah. these 400s came out and it, in, in typical Pioneer fashion, they, they released like a, a weird mid-grade version of their equipment and right. test features on it, right? Okay. And that was one that they did. So it, it worked with Serato and eventually Tractor. It didn't work at first, right. but um, with Tractor, it had a light ring around the jog wheel that showed track position. Sure. Um, and it could play from a USB stick. It had all that stuff. And this is when everybody was using CDJ-1000 stuff. Right, right, know, yeah. Which just played CDs. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it was it was pretty, I, w- I won't say revolutionary, because it didn't 
really make a mark, but it had a lot of revolutionary features. And I wanted a set of those so bad for so long, and I was just waiting for them to sort out all the tractor issues. No kidding. <laughs> and then eventually, I just I think I got a Control S4 or something. But uh, yeah, I thought the 400s were pretty cool. I, I that, see them every now and then pop up on like eBay or something. I'm like, really? I have no reason to have those, but it feels like the unicorn I wanted <laughs> back then, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, no. I, I think I'm the only person that wanted them, but... Yeah, no, I, I, it, for me, like CDJs were, uh, you know, were a very mystical, mysterious thing for me at that point in time. I was still just trying to get used to the whole time code thing. And, mm. uh, I, I, I loved watching people on the CDJ 1000s at the time. Yeah. Like, you know, and I mean, I was I was really impressed with them and it was it was a really neat thing uh, because before that the only CDJ I ever owned was a CDJ 100S. If you've ever seen that, like, <laughs> I have. It's a very <laughs> different animal. So yeah, that's that's really neat. I'm glad that they that it at least the 400 made the run that it did. Yeah. Because like you said, you know that's in true pioneer fashion to release something. Uh, let's see how this how this goes yeah, and we'll put some possibly killer feature on this, but not put it on our flagship and just see what people say about it. And, yeah. and, and, and today <laughs> we have the Nexus twos, yeah, <laughs> the <right>. 2000 <laughs> Nexus twos. Uh, speaking of tractor, uh, 2007 marked the beginning of tractor scratch. Okay. That was when they first broke off, uh, split off from final scratch. Hmm. So, uh, at, uh, NAM that year in 2007, they, uh, the audio eight DJ, which I still have still works great. Uh, it was announced, and it marked the beginning of Tractor Scratch, which was the product that they developed alongside Stanton. And at the same time, Stanton announced Final Scratch Open. So essentially what they did was they they made that Scratch amp, the, mm-hmm. uh, the audio interface for Final Scratch. Right, right. They made it uh, uh, ASIO compatible and class compliant, blah, blah, blah. Basically, they opened it up and open sourced everything and said, here you go, here's hardware that you can use for whatever DJ software you want, as long as somebody wants to come in and, and build it. They kind of, instead of keeping that as personal IP, they opened it up. Okay. Um, but uh, although all Windows and Mac audio software is ostensibly compatible with Final Scratch Open, there is still no dedicated software program for DJing with the Scratch Amp hardware. Huh. So nothing ever happened with it, and uh, Tractor went... <laughs> the coffin. Yeah. Uh, tractor Scratch is uh, still going just fine. No kidding. Huh. Well, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, especially because like I knew that like Tractor came from the final scratch. Like I mm-hmm. like I knew that part but of Tractor the, Scratch did anyway. Uh, right, right. Yeah. And and but like I was I I went Serato, yeah. you know, as soon as I as soon as I made I that was the the choice that I made and that's the the product that I went with. So um I I had heard all the rumblings of, you know, all this native instruments and uh you know, tractor and all of those th- and final scratch from Tony and all of those things like back yeah. in those days and I was just like Eh, okay, I got my thing, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm good, you know. So you know, it was just blinders on. I didn't really pay that much attention to all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of interesting. I was like, man, was that 2007? Right. Final Scratch was still around. Right. Like I thought it was farther back than that. That yeah. that one seems recent to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, some other notable hardware releases that year: the uh, Behringer BCD 3000, which was an all-in-one. Uh, the M Audio Exponent was another early all-in-one. Hmm. Uh, the Newmark ICDX, which was like a CDJ alternative, but it played uh, MP3 files through USB. So it was one of those early oh, non-CD. Okay. Well, it played CDs as well, but sure, one of those early multiplayers, I guess. Uh, 
the Korg 04 and the Eckler Evo 5 mixers. I always mm-hmm. wanted an Eckler mixer. I thought they were pretty nice. They yeah. were not very well known, but yeah, I was going to say neither one of those ring a bell, but the next one is Yeah, the Zone to. 42. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost bought a Zone 42. I used to have a Zone 32, okay. which is a three-channel mixer, which is weird, but yeah. Uh not the only reason it was weird too. It had the gain control was on the the back of the mixer, like where you plug everything in. Okay. So the typical position for the the gain knob was was for the auxiliary send. So if you if you plugged in like an effects unit or something, right. you you could control the mix of that at the top of that channel. Oh. But your gains were on the the back, which I I never understood that design choice. Yeah, I was like this that's... was obviously not a DJ who did that. <laughs> but <laughs> you got used to it quickly, but it was like I I'm never going to use an aux send. Why? <laughs> I'm going to use the gain literally every time. Right. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else. The Zone 1D, which was like a, an early modular controller that was meant, to, it was one of the first ones meant to be put kind of alongside a mixer. It had a single uh, jog wheel on it and a bunch of buttons and sliders and stuff. Okay. Um, I had the uh, the Zone 2D, which was basically that same thing with a built-in sound card. Oh, okay. That was one of the things that got stolen from me in, in 2010. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but it was like a, a big old, I mean, it was like mixer length and height. Which okay. is like even nowadays, it's hard to get a controller that's mixer height. Right, right. <laughs> but it was like a big old chunky thing. Hmm. Uh, and the uh, the Technics twelve hundred Mark Six. Did you know that was a thing? Mark Six. No. It was the did a limited run of a thousand of them in Japan. Uh, oh, also the Innovator first came out. In, oh, uh, yeah, and now that yeah, two thousand seven. Yeah, that was a big deal. Uh, so yeah, so that brings us to uh, the very end where I wanted to do. Uh, this is kind of taking it slightly outside of the realm of just DJing, but uh, talk about the Billboard Top 20. Mm. So these were the overall Billboard, you know, pop songs and sure, stuff sure. for 2007. So just oh, to kind of <laughs> throw it back here at the end. Putting on my seatbelt because yeah. this is going to, I'm sure this is going to make my head spin. Some of it's going to hurt, man. I'm just right. going to warn you now. <laughs> So here, uh, this is basically like one uh, compilation that's going to play them all out in a row, all 20 of them here. Oh, so I'm okay. just going to hear. Okay. All right, so top 20 singles of 2007. Right off the bat with Soldier Boy. Oh, Lord. That was 2007. Oh. Why did we do this? <laughs> you! You! I got to pause it just for a second. That I have to say, I'm I'm really glad that song came out though because when that happened, there was like a whole crap load of parodies, I guess, or like <laughs> okay, complimentary like crank dats is what yep. we called them. And yep. so, me and my younger brother went and found like I don't know thirty of these things. It was like crank that Batman and crank that Spider-Man and crank that crackhead and all these like weird ones. And they all had their own stupid little dance to go with them. And so me and my brother would like learn all these dances and then just turn on a compilation CD in the middle of a house party and just start doing them. And everybody would look at us like, what the hell? What the hell are you guys doing? (laughs) Yeah, we did a lot of uh, Supermaning that hoe. (laughs) Right. Fergalicious, oh, number wow. 19. 
the way I are by Timbaland, oh, number eighteen. Man, and you know what? Talk all the shit you want, like, dude, that whole album, that everything Timbaland touched back he, then. Yeah, was gold. he could he could do no wrong back then. Anyway, it was this. It was Justin Timberlake and Nelly Furtado. Oh, all that stuff man, just turned I out miss great. Nelly, I love Nelly. I loved, loved, loved Nelly Furtado. I think she's on here too. Oh, Daughtry at number 17. It's this, not over. This this still, I am so mad. I used to watch American Idol religiously, and yeah. the, the, the season that he lost was the season that I swore it off. <laughs> so he was robbed. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he he still made superstar status, yeah, so he, he can't be too upset. He did fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> number 16. Mims. This is why I'm hot. Oh, man. This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. Boop, 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 Because I'm fly. You ain't because you not. <laughs> Smack that. Akon featuring Eminem at number 15. Okay. Man, I, yeah, I remember, I remember grinding to this in the clubs, too. Yeah, yeah this is good stuff. Part of like, like a, a rock, rock star. star. Now, I got a, yeah, I got a good one for this. Uh, so a buddy of mine um, down in Florida, uh, uh, he's a producer, and he made a uh, remix of that oh, yeah? for uh, my buddy Jason to play at our New Year's Eve party. Oh, nice. Uh, for that year. So like, yeah, he it, and like he, he mixed it in, and it was all 4-4. Party like a rock star, star, star. <laughs> it's, it's good <laughs> nice. stuff, man. At number 13, we got Makes Me Wonder, Maroon 5. You know, I don't think I liked Maroon 5, like, at all, like, while they were the thing. And then, like, later on, I I heard them or I, I just, you know, something, like, just came on and I was like, you know, I never gave them a proper chance. Like, Yeah, I never really did either. Yeah, like, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm a, their number one fan or anything, yeah. but, like, you know... Years later, I'm okay with it. Avril Lavigne, girlfriend at number 12. <laughs> uh, I mean... <laughs> Did you ever hear that uh, there's some like conspiracy theory that she like died 10 years ago or whatever? No. <laughs> like that she has like one of her backup singers was just as good and so and she hated the spotlight so she was taking over for... There's this whole weird conspiracy thing. Wow. No, no. I... I, I, I'm not real big on conspiracy theories. It's something I heard on another <laughs> podcast. <but laughs> yeah. No. And you know, I, I like, I knew of Avril Lavigne, but like, I just, did, I wasn't a fan. Yeah. Like, so I, you weren't a skater boy. No. Well, <laughs> I, I, I did skateboard in high school, but that was long before Avril Lavigne <laughs> ever came around. <laughs> Don't Matter by Akon at number 11. You know, out of everything that Akon did, I was not... This, I didn't really... Wasn't really impressed by this, but it was just... It was so different from everything else he had put out. I just was like, eh, whatever. I always took him as like a... Trying to do the Nate Dog thing, but not nearly as good. Yeah, yeah. That's my get off get off my lawn moment. <laughs> Fergie's back with Ludacris for Glamorous at number 10. Yeah, and that this track was, I mean, like, 
people gave Fergie a bunch of shit, you know, but uh, especially over the whole Black Eyed Peas thing. But I'm yeah. telling you, like, especially this track, especially anything that Ludacris was touching. Mm. I mean, everything he touched was gold, too. Number nine. Speaking of Nelly oh, Furtado, I love is. the song. Say it right. Oh, man. And I just loved everything with Nelly, and especially when she teamed up with Timberland. Yeah. Like, a, a bunch of people gave Timberland a bunch of shit, myself included, because he... pause this for a second. Go ahead. Uh, because he like had a formula in his beats yeah and it was and it, so you knew a timberland beat when you heard it and yeah it would come on the radio you'd be like timberland made this what right, is this right <laughs> and and but and and it it got it got to a point where like when he teamed up with chris cornell and he did the scream album and he did that title track and then it was like okay look dude you did the same beat with nelly <laughs> that you did with one republic and now you're using it with chris cornell like okay look dude i get it you're making millions of dollars off of that one pattern but yeah. like let's let's find something different but like yeah i mean uh, nelly Furtado. Like I, I loved her anyway, period. Yeah. And then just all of that dance, that dancey clubby stuff that mm-hmm. her and Timberland and, and uh, Timberlake were doing. Oh man. It I was still just, love it, man. I, I still listen to future sexy love sounds yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Like I just, and it's, it, it's Justin and Nelly too, but it's that, that production value or not production value, but just the, I just love his beats. Yes. Like yeah. Just the, the little, uh, percussion, like, uh, I don't want to say bongos, but whatever those kind of extra, oh, yeah. you know, non-typical, yeah, you know, yeah. ethnic he, drums or whatever. He's you want another to call one it. of those people that that definitely mastered the art of layering the right yeah. sounds in the right places to to create, you know, a, a sonic palette for sure. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, play this one again just so we can kind of hear some of that beat. Yes. Has that drum line sound to it actually? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then number eight, Akon's back with Snoop, I Want to Love You, yeah. which is not the original title. Really? Oh, no. Have you have you not heard the non-radio version of this? Uh, no, no. Love is not the original word. Ah, uh, gotcha. <laughs> but this one, when I did hear this one, this was, this was a little bit more... Uh, consumable for me than the other mm. Akon track. So yeah. like when this one came on I didn't yeah, I didn't mind this one at all. This one threw me off. Hey there Delilah plain white tees. I thought the song was way older than 2007. Yeah. Uh one of my best friends uh, uses that as a Verizon ringback tone. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the only reason that I knew the track like because this is not up my alley at all but like, it just it reminds me so much of that 90s alternative sound yeah yeah oh, Carrie Underwood before yeah. he cheats at number six <laughs> I remember this was like the big empowering like yeah. you know track at the time like man another American Idol uh, superstar there Number five, buy you a drink. <laughs> T-Pain. 
I miss T-Pain. <laughs> Everybody like, you know, gave him so much crap for all the auto-tune and all that. And, you Dude know. can sing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have and you ever heard him sing without auto-tune? No. He's amazing. No, but um, I did see lots of, like, interviews with him. Like, he's, you know, like, he he, he was a man with a plan and a, yeah. and, a, and, a, and a, I mean, he just, he had it. Fergie's all over this one. Wow. Big girls don't that cry. A, that was a big year for her, then. We're about to start track three. I want to see if you have a guess for track one. Any thoughts? Uh, number one of 2007. See, once I hear all those, I'm like, ah, oh, geez, were those all 2007? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not seeing any. Uh, no, I, I don't. Not yet. Number three, Gwen Stefani, featuring Akon. Akon also all over this. Yeah. The Sweet Escape. Wow. Number two. I don't remember what these are, so it's going to be a surprise for me, too. (laughs) (coughs) Ah. Ella, Ella. Oh, wow. Rihanna. I believe that song's 10 years old. God. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, now having having seen that much, do you, even an artist? I do remember what it is now. Was that the year of Beyonce? <laughs> That's a pretty good guess. <laughs> But it, like Beyonce is one of those ones that I like. I would have. Oh, it was. You must not know about me. Oh, Another empowerment. That, yeah, that's right. But like, see, that's what surprises me. That's why I kind of hesitated with that because like, Beyonce is one of those like superstars that like you would assume that like she would have been littered throughout the whole top ten, not yeah. just. Huh. So that pretty much brings us to the end, man. Did you like our little excursion into 2007? I did. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's interesting. Like, does it, it make you feel old or young to hear all that? It, it's I don't know. A little bit of both, <laughs> right? Like because like that wasn't so long ago, but it was, and so like some of like some of these things, like I can't believe. Like I know it's such a weird thing, but like when we were talking about CDJ 1000s, like that feels like so long right. ago, right? But like. At the same time, like I said, I had only been working with Serato for about a year uh, by that yeah. point. And now, like, you know, I'm still on Serato and it's like, you know, one yeah. of the main uh, things that I even know. So, well, it's, yeah. it's interesting because if I, if you hear some of those songs, like, say, on the radio or on TV or something, right. like, it's, it's recent enough that it's not weird or it's, it's, it doesn't really necessarily catch your attention so much. Right. But then when you, you compare that to, like, some of the stuff we were talking about earlier, like, oh, at the same time that those songs came out, the first smartphone was released <laughs> right. and Tiesto had 300,000 MySpace friends. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. When what? you say MySpace, that feels like forever ago. <laughs> And, you know, if it that was, you know, the first iPhone and like what uh, they just announced the eight and the X, like, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah, like, you know, it, it is. It's amazing how how 
10 years feels like a long time, but at the same time doesn't. It just kind of depends on what you're what you're talking about, what the frame of reference is. Well, maybe someday we can come back and do it 10 years ago for 2017. I'd like that. And maybe we'll be happy with what we see in here. And maybe we won't. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something you can really predict now, is it? No, no. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. This has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Easy. Peace.